Well, this is lesson number 26 on the book of Revelation, and uh, I've, been, I've been teaching on this, uh, geez, uh, uh, a year and uh, eight months or so, and uh, you don't do it every Wednesday night because we've done other things as well, and sometimes I'm going, but nonetheless, this is uh, lesson 26. We're going verse by verse through the book of Revelation. This is Revelation chapter 15. And so we'll continue that vein tonight. And let me say, and I'll say this at the end again, this is probably the last time I'm going to teach on this, uh, probably for a month. And y'all get ready because we're going to start uh, January off with a Daniel fast. And that means three weeks of, of uh, no sugar, no bread, uh, only, things that, only things that come from the ground, no, no manufactured stuff. So uh, anyway... Uh, Daniel ate no pleasant bread, was seeking God, praying. And uh, so we're going to do that for the first three weeks of the month. And we'll spend Wednesday nights. We'll have some teaching on prayer and then pray together. Our world needs a lot of prayer. Our nation does too, doesn't it? So uh, we'll start our year off with a bang with that. And so we'll start back with the book of Revelation after that. So this will be the last time. At least for a month I'll be teaching on this. But we'll have a lot going on. And I think you want to be here for that. So uh, turn in your Bible to Revelation 15. I'm going to start out differently than I normally do. Uh, because we're going to give some recap to that. To that, to that. Uh, to the book of Revelation tonight. Revelation 15 is really a prelude to the final judgments that will come on earth before uh, Satan, the uh, Antichrist, the false prophet that works with him, and all the demonic forces and fallen angels that work, and, and all of the people who refuse to obey God, they're all cleansed from the earth. And uh, then there's a new heavens and new earth, and we enter into eternity. So anyway, this is the final judgment. This is a prelude just before that. So uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to recap a, a little bit tonight. And I think you, uh, j- just to help you understand, one of the keys to learning is, 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 is seeing something a different way, looking at it from a different angle, and then, and then just hearing it more than once or twice. So, you know, for me, you know, um, uh, things that I have learned from the Lord, I've by repetition, read them, read them, read them, thought about them, thought about them, read them, read them. There's books I've read. There's some books in my possession I've read dozens and dozens of times because I have a leaking problem. And, you know, just doing that helps you learn. So anyway, Revelation 15:1. then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues. For in them the wrath of God is complete. So tonight again, we're going to look at Revelation 15. It's a very short chapter, and it's really a prelude to the bold judgments that are coming in Revelation 16. So we're going to give a brief recap before uh, that, of, of what has happened leading up to these bold judgments. So let's start the recap now. You know, remember in, uh, in Revelation 4, God was seated on a throne with angels around him, crying out, holy, holy, and and uh, people praising God in such Revelation 5, there's a scroll in God's right hand that has seven seals on it. And, and, and a seven-seal scroll is really, really important. It indicates, uh, it indicates that it's uh, uh, tremendously important. And scrolls in the first century are only opened by a person that is able to bring to pass its contents. And so seven seals on a scroll, nobody going to get to that scroll except the person who's able to bring to pass his contents. Revelation 5, Jesus appears as a lamb, uh, a lamb that was slain that is now standing. And uh, Jesus is the only one in the universe able to take the scroll out of God's right hand, begin to break the seals 
Oh, the seven seals on the scroll. The scroll, when it's unrolled, contains what it's going to take for God to cleanse the earth of rebellion, of sin, of injustice, of unrighteousness. That scroll contains God's purposes and plans to bring the earth back to its, I guess you could call it, its Edenic glory, like it was when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, where there was nothing that was undefiled. Everything was pure. Everything was spotless. It was the Father in heaven wanting to come and visit with his family on earth. And, and one day the earth will be set back into that pristine position, and that scroll in God's right hand has the contents of how that's going to work. So we've talked about that in that scroll. There are, of course, on the scroll are seven seals. Revelation 6, Jesus begins to break the seals, and with the breaking of the seals, there's the revelation of this man called Antichrist because he's against Christianity. He's against Judaism, which is the forerunner to Christianity. He's against all things God, all things Ten Commandments, all things pure, all things holy. And he begins to rule and reign. And as the seals are broken, things denigrate rapidly on planet Earth. And, uh, and, and, then, uh, and, and then after the seventh seal is broken, I'll come back to some of that in a minute, some of the seals later. But after the seventh seal is broken... Uh, trumpet judgments occur, and there are seven trumpet judgments. So think of seven seals, seven trumpet judgments, and uh, those are just terrible, just terrible things happen. It's the wrath of God being poured out on earth with this blowing of the last trumpet, which indicates extreme judgment. Well, we'll talk about this in a minute. Jesus comes back to earth, Revelation eleven fifteen. And then tonight, uh, as we'll look at this, we'll, this is the prelude to the bowl judgments or laver judgments. The uh, folk in the first century had a, the Jews particularly had a small dish uh, that was very shallow, had a little bit of water in it. And before they would eat, they would cleanse their hands. And they would cleanse their hands by just scooping a bit of water off of that, out of that laver and cleansing their hands. And see, that, that's the last cleansing of the earth, these bold judgments. That's what that indicates. Not, they're very, very short. It only takes uh, actually less than 30 days for those seven bold judgments to happen. So they're all sequential. Think about the seals. You think about the trumpets. Think about the judgments. It's all a sequential period of time. All of those last, uh, there's seven years and then a little addendum past that. Uh, and we'll talk about that tonight, 75 days past that. And during those 75 days, the earth is completely cleansed and prepared and ready for Jesus' millennial reign. So, you know, let's, let's go back and look at this Revelation 15, 1. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the last seven, the seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. Again, the number seven is used frequently in, in uh, the book of Revelation 7, speaking of perfection. It's the, it's the number for God because he is perfect. So you hear it so many times here. So notice it says here again, then I saw another sign in heaven, which leads you to understand that if there was another sign, there must have been some previous signs. So what I want to do is go back here and let's look at, at, at why he said another sign in heaven. To do that, you've got to go back to Revelation chapter 12. And uh, Revelation chapter 12 really just kind of highlights the, 
highlights the challenge between darkness and light, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. And it's gone throughout history, and it tells a little story about it and gives you some, uh, some analogies and some metaphors that are quite interesting. So Revelation 12, 1, it says, Now a great sign. Here's the first sign. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor, and in pain to give birth. So there's the first sign. That's sign number one, Revelation 12. We talked about that a few lessons ago. We took some time a couple of weeks and talked about Revelation 12. And then he saw a second sign, Revelation 12, verse 3, and another sign. So sign one was a woman clothed with the sun, the moon at her feet. And uh, we'll talk about what that means in a second here. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, seven diadems on his head. So again, this is uh, uh, speaking, speaking in symbol form here. What is, the, what is the woman clothed with the sun? That's the nation of Israel. And those 12 stars on her head are, head are the 12 tribes. Of the nation of Israel. That's what it talk, it's talking about. And, um, and that woman gave birth, was getting ready to give birth. The nation of Israel is where our Messiah, that's where Jesus came from. That's what it's talking about. And then the, the fiery red dragon with the, uh, with the um, uh, where am I at? Seven heads and ten horns. That Satan, as he's moved through different empires throughout history that have challenged the nation of Israel, which is God's chosen people. They're the descendants of Abraham. Don't forget, God made a promise to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. He said, he said in, I'll bless you. Your, your, uh, your offspring will more, be more numerable than the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. And in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. When God makes promises, how many know he fulfills them? And so again, and so again, the, uh, the, the dragon refers to Satan and he's constantly resisting the purposes of God. He's typified as a dragon. He's got, he's got uh, uh, seven heads, ten horns. Again, those are leaders of empires throughout the centuries of time that have resisted the purpose and plan of God. Then verse 4, Revelation 12, 4, he, he drew a, a third, his tail, the dragon's tail drew a third of the stars of heaven, threw them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as he was born. So what does that say? When Satan fell, uh, Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14 uh, record as we have know very little about Satan's fall from heaven. He started as, as, a, as an anointed cherub, an angel that had something to do with the protection of the throne of God as well as the worship of heaven. He was lifted up in pride, fell to the earth. Jesus said, Luke 10, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He fell to the earth and Bible scholars uh, all mostly say that at least a third of the angels of heaven fell. We don't know how many that is, but there are two-thirds that stayed with God. That's what you need to know. And that's what this verse reveals. They, they fell to earth. And then this, this dragon stood in front of, uh, front of the woman. There's the, the, the Israelites have always had satanic resistance against, against them all through the centuries of time. And, and, and up to the time that Jesus uh, was born. 
And the nation of Israel gave birth to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ought to be very grateful and thankful for that. And um, anyway, sought to destroy Jesus. You remember uh, in, in the book of Matthew, chapters 1 and 2, that, or particularly chapter 2, that, uh, that uh, God had to appear to Joseph in a dream a couple of times and say, get out of here, go somewhere else a couple of times. I'm not getting into the weeds of it. You can read it in Matthew 2. Why? Because there was satanic opposition to Jesus' birth, seeking to snuff out his life uh, at the very time he was born. And that's what Revelation 12, 4 says, uh, this, the... the um, the dragon stood before the woman, the nation of Israel, to devour her child as soon as it was born. And then Revelation 12, 5 says this, you bore a man-child. The nation of Israel gave birth to Jesus. That man-child is the Lord Jesus Christ. She bore a man-child who was to rule the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. You've got to understand something about Scripture. And this happens Old Test- mainly in the Old Testament. The prophets will be talking about something right now and suddenly uh, bridge a gap of, of, of hundreds of years, sometimes thousands of years uh, with the next sentence. And that's what happens here. Here, because uh, here it says um, she, Israel, bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God in his throne. So, right there, you know, Jesus was born. We're celebrating the virgin birth in December here, and uh, you know, Jesus was born, but here he skips. Jesus' life, his three-and-a-half-year ministry. He, he skips Jesus being made our sin, his passion on the cross. He skips Jesus dying. He skips Jesus being raised from the dead. And, 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 and he goes right to the ascension. Jesus is caught up to God. That child is caught up to God because he's, he's, he's making a point. Jesus is the supreme authority of the universe. He's making the point very clear here. And um, uh, there's great persecution of the church and of Israel as a result of, of, uh, of what God is doing. Revelation 12, 13, and 14. Now, when the dragon saw he had been cast to earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. He persecuted Israel seriously, severely. But the woman who was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she's nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. And this, what this the verse is, uh, is revealing, you remember back in Revelation chapter 7, there are 144,000 Jews, 12,000 from each of the tribes of Israel that some, God somehow spiritually marks. They will be here during the reign of the Antichrist, during what we typically typically called the seven years of tribulation and during that intense time of serious persecution and judgment of God. They're marked by God and sealed so that they won't be harmed. And we've read the verbiage of this in, in Revelation chapter uh, 14, Revelation 7. God takes them. They actually go into a wilderness area away from Jerusalem and are protected by God during this intense time. 
of persecution and the judgment of God during the latter part of these seven years. Because these people, these 144,000, they're going to endure through the seven years. Be here during the thousand-year reign of Jesus. They will, many of them, most of them, I think all of them may get saved during the time the church is already raptured to heaven. During this intense day of the Lord, wrath of God that you've heard me talk about during the last part of those seven years. Many of them will come to Jesus, be saved. And most people, let me say it again, don't realize that when we go into the millennial reign of Christ, we'll have glorified bodies as believers. We will have been raptured. We'll come back with Jesus uh, at the very final battle, the battle of Armageddon. And we'll have glorified bodies that are not subject to death, disease, decay, or anything like that. Perfect bodies, just like Jesus had when he was raised from the dead. But there'll be another group of people on earth during that thousand-year reign of Jesus um, who will have survived that seven years of tribulation. And they will go into the millennial reign of Christ. They will marry. They'll be given in marriage. They'll have babies. They'll have offspring. Isn't that amazing? See, the human race will continue to populate. See, as I'm saying that, I'm looking at your faces and you're going, really? Uh, Yeah. Now you don't realize what God started, he planned that it never cease. So as long as the earth remains, seed time, harvest, day, night, winter, spring, summer, fall, and people will not cease from the earth. There will be generations of people in eternity on this planet. Isn't that exciting? So the good news is we'll never, we'll never blow the planet up with nuclear bombs. This planet's going to be here for eternity. You excited about that? We might muck up some land and muck up some water. They're going to be plenty clean enough, and it's all going to be cleansed when Jesus comes back. Is that good news? Anyway, then you go to Revelation 13. You got two things. You got the beast rising out of the sea, it says. We had, took a, we had a couple of lessons on Revelation 13. The Antichrist is the beast rising out of the sea, out of the people uh, who is empowered by Satan and he persecutes Jews and Christians in a very, very serious way. Revelation 13 talks about that. He, he begins a worldwide program where he seeks to rule the world and control world thought, uh, control in three areas. He wants to control the world in government, in economy, and in religion. And y'all, the seeds of that are on the earth right now. That global reset, it's got some, I smell some devil on it. I smell some antichrist on it. Just be aware. I don't know if and when that's going to happen. We'll have to see how this election turns out. But at some point, these things are in the future of the world. Those who resist Satan's reign through the antichrist, many will give their lives and become martyrs for the faith. And they will uh, and they'll be martyrs. And, and again, the, some of these Jews, these 144,000, will survive that time. The church will be here during Revelation 13, when the mark of the beast comes, and we don't really know everything of what that is. People have lots of ideas as to what it could be. We'll be here during the serious persecution. The church will be here when the Antichrist reveals himself, probably a leader in the Middle East. Probably, I, I, he easily could come from an Islamic nation, uh, and they're already, they're already working towards having a number of the Islamic nations that have never, uh, have never acknowledged even Israel as a nation since it's formed in 1948. They're ganging together. And there's a bunch of them now. They're going to be, the Bible says, be at least 10. 
and they'll make a treaty with Israel. All that's coming to pass, y'all. If you read, it's really incredible or incredibly close to all this. The church will be here during that first period of time of those seven years when the Antichrist rises to power in the Middle East. The first three and a half years of that. Uh, You'll know he's there. How much of the world he dominates is yet to be known. If he dominates the United States, that's really yet to be known. Um, uh, Nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, three and a half years into that, he shows his true colors. He turns against Israel and the church. There's serious, serious persecution. And we're going to be here during the first part of that. So you think uh, three and a half years, four and a half, maybe five years of that seven-year period that's typically typically called the tribulation, four and a half, perhaps even five years of that time, we will be here. So a lot of Christians in America don't think so, but I do. Because of the studying that I've had, the research I've done, and just the sense I have on the inside, we really need to get ready. The next thing we need to prepare for in America is persecution. How many hear me? And not many people are ready for that. Revelation 14, uh, we looked at that. You got all the hell breaks loose when the Antichrist really shows his true colors in Revelation 13. And that's the last last part, last three and a half years of that seven-year period we call the tribulation. But here in Revelation 14, here's a lamb standing. He's standing on Mount Zion. He's standing there in Jerusalem, and he's watching over the 144,000 Jews that have been protected by God. In Revelation 14, the church is already raptured. It's already in heaven. And now God is dealing with these Jews that are coming to Jesus by score because they see he is the way, the truth, and the life. And then in Revelation 14, three angels appear and they say, hey, dudes, they have three messages. Basically, don't take the mark of the Antichrist. Don't support his reign. If you do, you'll get his judgment, which is the lake of fire for eternity. So they're really strong about that. That leads us right back to Revelation 15, 1, where he says, I saw a another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues for in them, the wrath of God is complete. So we've just been through, I just talked about Revelation 13, Revelation 14. What I didn't mention was the trumpet judgments happened during that last three and a half years of the seven year period we typically call the tribulation. Those trumpet judgments uh, begin the day of the Lord. The first trumpet, Revelation 8, it begins a terrible time. The church will have been raptured by then. But I mean, cataclysmic things happen. Looks like meteorites hit the earth. And it's a terrible, terrible time. Nonetheless, the only the, the people that are left are those 144,000 Jews that have been protected by God. Here, Revelation 15, 1, Jesus is right there with them. And it, uh, in Revelation 14, 1, here's 15, 1, again, seven angels are, are the, uh, the third sign in heaven. The first sign, again, was the woman clothed with the sun, which is the nation of Israel from which came our Savior. Second sign is the red dragon, and that is Satan himself. The third, third sign is the seven angels. And these seven angels, in, uh, they, they actually start doing what they do in Revelation 16. But these angels are there, and they're getting ready for the last final judgment on planet 
earth. It's the final defeat of all rebellion against God and his kingdom. And they have seven what we call last plagues. And the next time we come back, we'll start with Revelation 16. Talk about what those look like. Christians will not be here. Believers will be in heaven. That's the good news. But this is the last vestiges of rebellion and uh, and perversion that will be dealt with by these last seven judgments. And they literally complete the wrath of God. And the earth, and, and they actually culminate with the battle of Armageddon. And with the battle of Armageddon, uh, that's it. That's the final battle. Jesus comes back. And Satan, uh, Satan uh, the Antichrist, there's a false religious person that points towards him during his reign. They'll all be thrown into the lake of fire along with the fallen angels and the demonic forces. And all of the people who absolutely refused to accept Jesus as their sin sacrifice. So when did the wrath of God begin? I want to kind of close it up with this. We'll read a few verses from Revelation 15 because it's a very short chapter. And go home. When did the wrath of God begin? Don't forget... The wrath of God is not for us. How many know Jesus took the wrath of God for us? So when I talk about the wrath of God, we won't be here uh, when the wrath of God begins during this tribulation time. The whole time is not the wrath of God. The first part of it is the wrath of man, the wrath of the Antichrist. Uh, and, and that's three and a half, four and a half, maybe even five years of time that we will be seriously persecuted along with the Jews, perhaps worldwide. So that's why we need to get ready for it. But when does the wrath of God begin? It begins in what the Bible calls the day of the Lord. We've taken quite a bit of time to study that. It's all in the notes and they're all online. But in Revelation chapter 6, if you remember, the sixth seal on that scroll in God's hand. When that sixth seal is broken, weird things begin. And that's denoting to the whole world that the wrath is about to fall. Let's read the verbiage. Uh, you can look at it on the screen, Revelation 6, 12. Uh, look, when does the wrath of God begin? It culminates with the bold judgments. When does it start? Right here. I looked when he had opened the sixth seal, Revelation 6, 12. And behold, there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth of hair. The moon became like blood. The stars of heaven fell to the earth. Again, you know, if you've got a lot of uh, organic substance in the atmosphere, it can block out the rays of the sun. It can change the climate of earth and, and produce some pretty hellish things. And then he says, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it's shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it's rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place and the kings of the earth the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men. So the upper echelons of culture. And then he says every slave and every free man. The lowest, the lowest of the low in culture. Uh, hid themselves in caves and rocks of the mountains. At that time, money can't save you from what's going to happen. Fall on us, hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne. And from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of his wrath has come. And who is able to stand. So with the breaking of that six seals. There's one more seal to be broken. With the breaking of the sixth seal. There's a, there's a signal to the earth. The judgment of God. The day of the Lord. Judgment of God is coming on earth. The wrath of God. Not the wrath of man. Not the wrath of Antichrist. God's coming on the scene. To right every wrong. And to make things the way they need to be. The cosmic disturbances here. With the sun, the moon, the stars losing their luster. Signal to the world. The judgment 
judgments, that judgment's about to come. They also signal to the church that the rapture's about to occur. And that's how you can tell. So when you get up one day and the sun looks weird, the moon looks weird, the stars don't shine at night, uh, figure it out. Jesus is about to come back. And with that will come, obviously, earthquakes and things that scare the bejeebies out of people that don't know the Lord. So, again, this all happens. And while all this is happening, this is during what Jesus called in Matthew 24, the great tribulation. This is a really, y'all, a really intense time. It's three and a half years into uh, the Antichrist reign. He really, really gets angry at Jews and Christians. And it's probably because of our belief system. And it's probably because of the morals that we believe. Uh, he doesn't like that because he's a very immoral person. And, and all hell kind of breaks loose. But, but you know, when this sixth seal is broken, you know, it's, it's a bringing uh, for us, the church, it's coming to a closure. You know, we don't have much longer to endure this terrible, terrible time when the Antichrist uh, uh, does his worst. And it's a sign that we're about to go to heaven. And Jesus said that time would be shortened for the sake of the elect. And here it is, Matthew 24. Here's the rapture of the church. Uh, it's, this is the same stuff spoken of in Revelation 6. 12 through 17, immediately, this is Matthew 24, 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, the powers of the heavens will be shaken, then the Son of Man will appear in heaven. See, it didn't say that in Revelation 6, but Jesus said it here. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he'll send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And this is not one of those seven trumpets. It's a different one. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Y'all, that's the rapture of the church. We're caught out of here before the day of the Lord. Wrath of God begins before those seven trumpet judgments in Revelation 8 and 9 happen. We'll be gone. And here's a scene of the church in heaven. You'll be right here. Revelation 7, 9. After these things I looked and beheld a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues standing before the throne before the Lamb clothed with white robes, palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice saying salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And the angels stood around the throne and the elders the four living creatures fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying amen blessing glory wisdom thanksgiving honor power and might be to our God forever and ever you'll be right there singing that you ready you better practice get in tune and so he says, then one of the elders answered, saying to me, who are these arrayed in white robes? And where do they come from? And I said, I said to him, sir, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. You'll be in the great tribulation. You come out of it. You're taken out of it. Uh, the great tribulation washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun will not strike them nor any heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to fountains of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. How awesome is that? You'll be part of that group. In Revelation 8 again, the, the uh, day of the Lord begins. The church is in heaven. Uh, the, the wrath of God with the trumpet judgments. We've talked about that in fair detail. 
over our last lessons there. The final trumpet is blown in Revelation 11 verse 15. And it says in that verse, with the blowing of the seventh trumpet, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. My friends, I submit that that is when the second coming of Christ occurs. Right there, Revelation 11 verse 15, Jesus comes. He's here during the bold judgments in Revelation 16. Jesus is here, right from 11, or Revelation eleven fifteen, right on. He is here. His second coming is there. And that ends that seven-year period we typically call the tribulation. And I need to mention this one more time as I come to a conclusion fairly quickly. There are 75 additional days There's not just the seven years. Daniel chapter 12 speaks of 75 days as an addendum, an ending to this seven-year period. And during these 75 days, that's when the bold judgments will happen. We talked about this when we went over Revelation chapter 11. But I want to read... Uh, I want to read, uh, and, and here's what it says in Revelation chapter 12. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away. Now, that's three and a half years into that seven-year period where the Antichrist goes into a rebuilt Jewish temple, desecrates it. That's from, the, from that time when the daily sacrifice, it says, is taken away. And the abomination of desolation is set up. He sets some, some kind of a you know, statue of himself and wants people to worship him, him being the Antichrist. There shall be 1,290 days. Well, you know, that seven-year period is divided into two parts, three and a half to begin with. This last part, when the Antichrist sets up and desecrates the Jewish temple, that begins three and a half years. Uh, uh, Years in the Bible were based on the lunar calendar, not the solar calendar like we have. And they were 360 days. Day three, year, three and a half years were um, 1,260 days. And he says here, 1,000, notice what it said, Revelation 12, a little technical, but you'll get it. You can add, from the time the daily sacrifice is taken away and that abomination of desolation is set up, there'll be 1,290 days. See, so he adds 30 days to three and a half years. That's where you get that. Then he said, blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. There's an additional 45 days added. I bet you've never seen that. I hadn't either till I studied. What happens during that 30 days? It's less than 30 days that these bold judgments that we read about in Revelation 16 happen. It's, less, it's, it's very short but extremely intense. It's the final judgment and it ends with the battle of Armageddon. And it talks about the city of Babylon, Revelation um, uh, 18 uh, falls. And we'll talk about all that in, in, another, in another lesson. So that additional 45 days, so 30 days. The only reason I said that is I want you to see in Revelation 16 when we come back, the bold judgments only last actually just less than 30 days. That's it. There's 30 days when, when the two witnesses that are there for three and a half years talking about Jesus, you know, talking about the Antichrist, don't follow him, don't do what he says, working miracles, you know, they'll be there, but they're killed and then they're resurrected from the dead and raptured away. 
And that's during that 30 days. And then the remainder of the 30 days is, I don't know, 26, 27 days for the, for the bold judgments to happen. And then the 45 days that are left over after the battle of Armageddon, there will be about 45 days where God gets the world ready for the 1,000-year reign of Christ. The, the, earth, the church will come back from heaven and Jesus will come back to heaven, get us, we'll come back to earth, and we'll be here for his 1,000-year reign. Are you excited about that? That's what I think about. I don't think about all the junk that's happened here. I think about what's going to be. Isn't that cool? And so let's just read. Here, are, here is the scene just before the bold judgments. I'm closing with this. Revelation 15, 2, it says, I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. Those who had the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. These are the people that came through the great tribulation. These are the people that did not take the mark. These are the people that did not follow the Antichrist. They're found, there they are in heaven, over his image, uh, I'm sorry, standing on the sea, having harps of God. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you are holy, for all the nations shall come and worship before you. I think it's a song we sang in yesteryear. For your judgments have been manifested. After these things I looked and behold, Behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. Out of the temple came seven angels, having seven plagues clothed in pure bright linen and having their chests girded with golden bands. Then one of the four leaving creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. See, Revelation 16 is just about to begin. These angels have the last wrath of God. That's going, to be, that's going to be slung down on the earth to cleanse it from all that defiles. And then it says the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. This is just before that final battle. This is the last time. This is the Antichrist's last hurrah. And it ends with the judgment of God. So I'll end by saying this. You know, you may uh, experience injustice in your life. I know I, I talk to people all the time. And I've seen some horrendous things happen. I've seen some very unjust and unfair things happen to people. And I've been in courtrooms with people that I could tell somebody paid. Man, that judge is not right. This is not fair. The laws are not proper. They're not equitable. They're not, they're not judging this properly. There is a problem with justice here. If you've ever had unjust things happen to you, understand Jesus will come one day and make it all right. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Our job is to love Jesus with all of our heart, forgive those that abuse us, harm us, hurt us, and know that one day all the unequitable things will be made right. Is that, is that good news for you? And one day the earth will be a pristine environment that God created it to be. That's the things we ought to be looking forward to. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you've showed us your purposes and your plans. Lord, your judgments are true and your judgments are right. And we just want to thank you that in your hands is the very breath of life. Our heartbeat is in your hand. Take us through the next season that we will experience here in America. Take us through the next season of time.
here on earth as the world prepares for all the things that are to come. Thank you that you watch over us, the Lamb of God who, who, who has taken away the sin of the world. He's watching over us. Your arms are underneath us. Thank you for taking care of us and ministering life to us. In Jesus' name.